Welcome aboard Dice Wars, a Udini role-playing production. The Patreon show that dives into the wide world of published Star Wars RPG systems. Grab your favorite dice, photocopy that character sheet, and open up the theater of your mind for the journey ahead. And now, welcome your Game Master, Caleb Laminac. Hello, and welcome to another special episode of Dice Wars, a Utini role-playing production. Again, my name is Caleb, and this is a show where I and several members of the team will be playing through various published RPG systems created for the Star Wars universe. In this special episode, we will go over the conclusion of the plot and the system itself uh, from our first season of Dice Wars. We will start with the mechanics of the D6 system we used, some of the points people... Uh, that people are interested in uh, and just start reviewing statements of the Western game systems. You can just uh, listen to this first half and leave before you get any spoiled. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll try to divide this up into like, you know, mechanics and then story a little bit later. I'll make sure to tell people when we're transitioning. So uh, with that, let's just get into it and just kind of go around our, our team once more to reintroduce ourselves. So again, my name's Caleb. Let's keep it going. Gia. I'm Gia. I'm playing Arcus Ace Mercurius, who is a, a Pantoran male, gambler, and rogue, and I'm a writer for Utini. Uh, my name is Emmy. Um, I played in this campaign a character named Drax, um, who's a, a pilot, and um, I'm also a writer for Utini. Hello, I'm JG. I played Lumi, who was a Jedi, and I am a content manager here at UTNE. Hello, I'm Austin Buffington. I do audio, and I am playing Orin, who is a Jedi Knight. Exactly. Maybe a master by the end of this. Yeah, we'll get into the plot spoilers later. So, um, yeah, let's just kind of like throw this around uh, the horn a little bit uh, let's get into it and so how do people like feel, how do you guys feel about like the rules and um and like you know how the uh, game itself was played like kind of the mechanics here was is there anything that like stepped out to you you know emmy i know you play i've played a lot of like you know various one shots and other mm -hmm. like more modern things like how did this mm -hmm. system gel with you Oh, that's a good question comparing it to the modern rpg system just in rough kind of you know yeah overviews. Um, it was definitely, I think, a good place to start for be beginners. Um, and especially because you don't have to have, you do need a lot of D6s, but you don't have to understand, you know, all the different types of dice. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, you can go to any game store and get a bag of D6s for probably like less than $10. But, um, as far as the mechanics went, I found everything like pretty simple. The D6 system like really simplifies things in that you're not constantly having to know what kind of dice to roll and how many of them. Um, and I really enjoyed the uh, the wild die. Um, I thought that made things a lot of fun to see, you know, what happens when you roll a one. But um, yeah, I would say overall playing it as someone who has played a lot of the more modern systems it definitely felt somewhat dated like you could tell that it wasn't made in the last five to ten years but it what that i wouldn't call that a detriment to the system or anything i was about to say it's the system itself is technically older than i am i think it was first published in 87 so you know yeah. You know, it's uh, it's been around for a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, so, what about the rest of you? Anything that like jumped out to you about the like the camp the D six systems, the mechanics itself? I agree with Emmy. I think it is a very simplified system. I think one thing that jumped out to me was that a lot of times with the stats, um, and like adding to the stats, it could kind of felt crunchy at times. Um, meaning that it just it kind of it didn't feel very natural. Um just in the way that the the rules allowed for stats to be added and such. And it was just something I kept thinking about every time that we would be going to add stats and such. Um, it always felt like that was like something that was um, a hurdle for me personally and maybe for some others as well. But I do yeah. think in, in general, just using one dice does simplify everything because I could not even imagine these rules with the other dice involved because, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it'd be such a nightmare already on top of everything. And I think... What this system does really well, and I think what a lot of D6 systems do, is that it really allows for narrative to flow. And I think that's what really excelled in our game, is that we weren't so focused on the 
nitty gritty mechanics. We were focused on the story and it allowed for what happened. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought the level up system and all that oh, was a little challenging. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't a level up system. It's just like yeah. here's some points. Like, yeah, I hope you you're know right. How to spend. Yeah. I like it's kind of like it, like you're when you're a kid and it's like here's here's twenty dollars. Like, I don't know how to spend this responsibly. You know, but the like, way you know, that. Uh... The way that the skills were under different attributes kind of was throwing me off. I feel like in other games I've I've seen like mm-hmm. you've got attributes, but then you have skills that are kind of separate. Yeah, like I think that was like kind of one of the bigger struggles with it with you guys. Not to say like you know you know it, it, that the game itself made it almost a little confusing, a little bit of like okay, like this is how to specifically level up. In the next mm-hmm. system we're going to be doing, it's it's an actual like level based system. So like when you level yeah. up, it's very clear to delineation. You know, you get hit points, you get you know stat increases, you get better at things when you level up. This time it's like you know depending on how generous. Like I was very generous with my points. Like most games mm-hmm. say like you know rewarding were from like three to five character points per session. I was giving you ten every single time you know just which because, i really like, enjoyed <laughs> exactly like no one likes feeling like they're they're, they're slogging through uh you know, and like you know i gotta you know show up and do do my literal daily grind of showing up at the rpg you know mine so i can get points <laughs> to make my character like actually interesting and mm-hmm. well, well, let's that's a fun thing i think a little note i pointed out here how did you guys feel about your characters and like the actions that they accomplished with that did you feel like your character lived up to that like the fantasy you had in mind like like gia like do you feel like ace like when you first like sat down and created ace when you finally started to play them and like by the time we got to the end or at least halfway through did, did that character like mechanically make you know come together yeah for me he really did and i'm a very beginner player i've never played before i've always wanted to play for ever but i never had any group to play with so i was new to all this and i created a not having he was my first character and but the storytelling it just flowed really well and he flowed he did things that i didn't expect him to do sometimes mm-hmm. and but yeah he was everything i hoped he would be and more kind of nice. does that answer your question absolutely absolutely what about any of those guys do you feel like your character like lived up to that mental expectation you had of them when you first started i would say so i think a way that I may have made it a little easier on myself, like unintentionally through the mechanics of character was specifically making Drax a pilot because Mm, then it made it very easy to know, Oh, she's a pilot. So I'm going to put all of her character points into, um, pilot. See what I actually ended up with. Yeah. Gunnery, things like that. Yeah. Space transports, starfighter piloting, like all the mechanical stats, essentially. Um, so yeah, that, probably made it a little easier on myself but now, now th- those you two can't have had the you know both you know, Gia and any both can't had the easiest characters for mm-hmm. for like a bear term like you like i put my points into blasters or gambling or just playing the ships now for our jedi uh players here i get like maybe i was being like a little harsh but it definitely seemed like you know for the two of you like every time it was like a force roll it's like well you know, I have three dice to roll for this force roll, and that's, like, my best stat. Like, how did you guys feel about being Jedi in the system? It's It was definitely a challenge uh, twofold. One being just in fact that you had a balance between, like, just the regular abilities, between, like, dexterity, perception, knowledge, strength, and them. Mm-hmm. But you also had to balance that with also the force powers, which was the, uh, the other ones, which is the control, sense, and alter. And just finding that right balance, knowing that you are going to be weaker in those other six core categories, um, because you are going to need to put some in the force abilities because you are a Jedi, um, which made it really challenging. And then on top of knowing that my character was going to be literally weaker, made it even challenging more on top of all of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... I, I pretty well... I mean, just from playing video games and stuff, I knew that I wanted strength and stealth and that type of stuff so i just put everything into all that 
exactly and you definitely had a lot of really good moments there uh austin but it, it definitely there's many times where you're like okay i want to do like it felt like i want to like throw my lightsaber and like do a quick double trip you know double backflip and catch it but every time it's like oh but i you know but i'm super super buff and strong but i can only ever like roll one dice for like the force power so it's like it always like, yeah i was low on like the force mechanically it, it, I, I did my best to help you with that like that fantasy there but there's definitely times where it's like well mechanically you can either use your use it to swing with you know your big beefy muscles or try to use your force it didn't seem like there's a lot of times to that they encourage you to try to use you know force and you know lightsaber and things together yeah, I, I was kind of lacking in the force ability, but exactly. um, yeah, it was, it was cool for sure. Like, I I'm I've always been the type that likes to do the, I like to try and make the most crazy bombastic scene I possibly can. You did a lot of that. You did, there was definitely a lot, like you know, with winches and everything in, in empty space. So, um, so keeping with this, uh, Ryan here, Austin, like how 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 did you feel about combat? Like you talked about like video games and things like that. You know, did you feel like combat was like as satisfying as you wanted to be? Like, did it ever feel like you weren't ever getting anything that you wanted, or did you feel like it's as punchy as it needed to be? I think the very last one was really good i um it, yeah but you know it was definitely like i think one of the more like mechanically challenging sort of things like yeah to, say, to kind of peek behind the screen a little bit i say that a lot but as a dm like i did like this system but there's definitely like a prop i definitely kind of felt maybe a little bit restricted because you know with the way that the damage system works it's either like you're wounded and you start taking negative dice or you're dead like you know mm. there's, it's really hard for me as a dm to be like like pl- just lightly plugging you guys if you had like hit points because if you had like you know 20 hit points and i hit you for 10 like you that raises the stakes but you're also not out of the system yet meanwhile mm. like there's one encounter where like i dropped Lumi like in the first round and that was a great dramatic sort of thing it's like well, i'm sorry jg you got i guess you'll just spend the next like 30 minutes playing on your phone now i mean yeah. It was a moment. <laughs> it was a moment, but it, it it as a DM, I felt like combat was fun. It flowed a little bit, but there's definitely like a, a little bit where it's like you know, like either I'm either I kill you all or I make it a little bit too much of a spacewalk, a little bit too easy for you guys. Mm, yeah. Well, I think too, like at, by the by the end, by the last one, I think maybe I just started to get the hang of how it was working and all that. Mm-hmm. you know how the mechanics like we didn't do a ton like we didn't get super into that but did people feel like you did you guys have a, like a good feel on combat how did you guys feel about that i mean I definitely it took, what's that it took me a little while to get to the hang of it because i'd never done it before and mm. just to understand the the structure that like ace will make a move and then the other character makes a move and just the way things rotated back and forth between different people's moves um took just took me time to to learn how that worked and then once i started understanding that and could be patient wait to see how things fell uh i just i liked it but it took a little time for me to figure things out Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like um i don't know i i if it definitely feels different than like i guess i haven't played a lot of role play playing systems but i'm vaguely familiar with them and i can Mm -hmm. see the difference for sure it, the, the combat in this is definitely a little bit more freeform than some of them. Like the next edition that we're going to play is a lot. It's based on Dungeons and Dragons, and that's a lot more like grid based. I'll do my best mm-hmm. to not do it grid based here. You know, we'll probably you'll still do a lot of theater of the mind here, but this system definitely does like not worry about like range bands. Like you know, um, you know, you definitely don't have to pull out like you know, think about like things in terms of like distant meters and like well, if you're mm-hmm. ten meters away, that's a negative two to hit sort of thing. So. You know, you know that's nice. Now, now to get a little bit more uh, granular here, Emmy, you were our our pilot here, and we had like one really good, really big like space battle, space thing. How did you mm-hmm. feel about the space fairing? Do you feel like that was like a? Do you feel like that was like a, a continuation of like the normal combat rules, or do you feel like that was being trying to be like just a little too different there? 
I don't feel that it was too different necessarily. I think for other people picking up this game for the first time, especially if they don't have a DM who's like very practiced and uh, knowledgeable about Star Wars RPGs in particular, it would probably be really difficult to like pick up the space battles um, specifically if you don't have a ship that you're already very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I went with the ship that I did that was our, like very similar to the Millennium Falcon. So we all had sort of a mental image of what we were dealing with. You and know, what it um, looks like on the inside, the guns yeah. it has, how it flies. Exactly. I feel like if we had chosen something or if I had chosen something completely off the wall, um, that would have made it a lot more difficult on me and probably everyone else. Um, so unless you have the book, which I will say the the book for the system does give you everything you need. So it's not as if it's, you know, leading you in blind or anything like that. But um, having that like already familiar sense with the ship itself was really nice. Um, So it might be a better idea for newer players to start with something like that. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't, I I felt like the, um, as far as the like, just, base mechanics go i didn't think that anything was that different as far as um flight uh battles versus um battles on the ground personal battles all like that so but you definitely feel like that that space battle have you've got your characters like teeth into there it felt like you were doing like the right piloting sort of things right oh yeah that was one of my favorite episodes for sure that one was a lot of fun perfect so um let's let's this is going to be kind of a big question here. So like, if you don't have like a real great answer for it, that's okay. Just, just say it, but let's go around and just like, would you like, we'll go back to you and me. Cause you might, well, we'll actually, we'll end with you and me. Cause you might have our, okay. one of the most experiences here, but like Gia, would you say that you would ever want to like play this exact same, like the D six star Wars system again, or would you think you'd be like, are you more excited to try other things now that the door has been opened? I just don't know what to expect about the other ones, D20 or the other systems. I have no idea how they're different than this, but I would play this again for sure. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun, and I would definitely play this one again. I'm really excited to try the other ones and see how they're different, but I would play this again for sure. Perfect. We might have to do after we've done all the four of this. We might have to get everyone and like repull it here. But like, but, but uh, JG, any any like comment on that one? Yeah. So I think for me, if it was a cl- if it was a good close friend saying like, hey, you want to play this? You know, a good short mini campaign like like we did for this. I'd say yes. But I think in general, probably not. I think there's like, hey, do you want to spend the next two years playing the system? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I'm ready for, I think that there's other systems out there that do it better. I haven't obviously dove into this yet either, but I think, I think this is a great entry point. And I think this is one that you definitely run with friends who haven't played before and they want to get their teeth into something, do like four episodes and life is Gucci, but I don't think I need to come back to this. Exactly. And it makes it really easy because at the end of the book, there's like 40 like pre-made characters like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, uh, both. I think bo- most of you just kind of took like the, the bait starting stamp and just kind of went from there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Austin, would you, would you like if someone said, you know, hey, do you want to play Star Wars D6 or would you rather play like some like <laughs> D&D 5th edition? Like, do you have a, an opinion on that or just like whoever, whatever floats your boat? I mean, I'm I'm. The one that I do know, well, I know a little bit about the twenty, uh, the saga, saga edition, edition. Yeah, and yeah. I know a little bit about the fantasy flight one. So, mm-hmm. I, well, uh, maybe uh, outside the the above table or whatever you say. Mm-hmm. I don't, but if if something happens where outside of dice wars, you guys are like setting up a game or something. I probably would like to join if, you know, I, the fantasy flight one is really cool. I thought, it, I remember thinking it was fun. The fantasy flight is probably like the most similar to this one here. Like the middle two we're going to do, like the Saga edition and the D20 edition are like really, really similar. But the, uh, this next, the very last one, the fantasy flight, that's um, a lot more like it does, it loose with its character classes. Like you have, when you level up, you get point like character points but you have to spin them in very specific ways specific trees and you have like dices to roll but um 
yeah, I think they're they're both a little si- similar. I'm excited to go back to the um, Fantasy Flight system. I was just looking at my book down there. That'll be a ways away, but I, I think that's that might be my personal favorite, but Saga Edition also has a big part in my heart. So Yeah, I like... I mean, I spent hours as a kid just staring at the artwork in those that, books, and I had the was, expansion that, books and everything. Just had that, no one to play it with. That was me with the neck with this next book that we're going to do the mm. uh, the, the revised core book book for the uh, D twenty system here. So, mm. so Emmy, uh, maybe our most like uh, well traveled uh, player here. Would you like go back to the D six system, or do you think you know, or how do you feel about it? I would go back to the system but i think jg um also captured what i was thinking in that i would do i think that this is a perfect setup for like a three to four session campaign or maybe even just like a one shot and i don't i think it would be like borderline ridiculous to try to play this over like a two-year campaign or even like a six-month campaign but we like not like you know and we did it um, pretty well here but like there's a like at towards the end gia you were like you know like oh i'm just going to roll 10 dice for like everything that i'm good at it's like well how is that going to be like sustainable if you like yeah. you're doing this in over like you know 30 sessions 40 sessions like you know by the time you're just like well i uh like i just bluff and I roll 70 on my dice so I guess everyone believes everything I possibly could say it's like yeah unless like it I didn't let at that point we we're just playing Dragon Ball Z and I just gotta keep like uh he's the clone of Tarkin and he has cybernetics and yeah. Darth Vader's there okay like it, it feels like there's like a certain point where like you, the escalation on some things are, are pretty major Abeloth. So. yeah exactly you definitely have to have like a um I don't know. I feel like this would be a good thing for beginners, especially if they just want to play something Star Wars and they don't want to read like a giant rule book beforehand. I feel like this is perfect for that. But uh, Munchkin's like said, Star Wars edition. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Munchkin game. So yeah, but. anything like that. But um, yeah, for like a more experienced, like longer campaign, this is not going to be what you want it to be exactly like i enjoyed it a lot like my previous experience with this thing was what emmy you were referring to is so just a one shot that my cousin ran so like you know he definitely like i'll have to maybe plug him more now that i've actually run a campaign with this and i think i can have um, with your your guys it's like feelings here i liked it i enjoyed it but i definitely mm-hmm. feel like the long-term progression of it is mm-hmm. a little it's a little wacky like it's like they definitely do some very interesting interesting things with the rules uh, mm. But I it, like there's certain things like in there that are that are just a little off balance. Like you, know, you know, uh, no one put points into it, but you know, there's an entire skill for underwater, uh, like aquatic engineering. Yeah, like you oh, can for put, like, Well, for anyone, anyone can put points into that. Like you, yeah. know, like but like GF, like for some reason, like your character design is like instead of like being a super cool gum gambler and like you know quick on his feet with guns you're like i want to make a, a, a underwater systems engineer who designs you know you know gungan you know boating like that could you be retire you in your... 15 years exactly like that could have been where you put all your points in and like I, like i'm glad you had a good time but you probably would have had a miserable time like <laughs> why are we rescuing princesses i want to make boats yeah <laughs> it is like, it... It is interesting. I want to bring up because it's. I don't know if this is a trend in RPGs, but noticing that this is based off a D6 system, and like mm-hmm. what Emmy said, that this would be good for really good like one shots or shorter campaigns. It is interesting knowing that like Critical Role now, like keeping up with current times, that they're creating a new role system that is meant for shorter campaigns and one shots. That's based off of D6. So I just mm-hmm. wonder if just simplifying it down to D6 is. Kind of that that root mechanic to start off for new players. There is like a, a different like you know it, one of these days we might you know do a one shot here. There's like a hack out there called like phasers and feelings. It's like a the, like a it's like a one page RPG where you like have a character and you give him like a stat from like you know two to five. And whenever you take an action, you just roll a d6. Like if it's a phasers feeling, if you're rolling something that's phasers, like you have to roll it like you know you want to get below the number that you roll or if it's a feelings you want to get above the number your 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 special number there so you know phasers are just like you know just anything that's technical or punchy or actiony while feelings if you make a feelings roll that's all talky emotional like you know you know interacting with people it's like you got two stats here either phasery or feeling mm-hmm. e. uh-huh. you can be right in the middle so it, cool. it, 
like that's like a really like and it's kind of like taking role playing systems down to like the most neat core like the, yeah. the singlest like you know expression you can do so like this d6 system definitely adds a lot to it i did like it a lot i did feel like as weird as it sounds, it's actually sometimes a little more math heavy. Like, you know, like when people mm-hmm. are rolling yeah. like, you know, seven dice together, it's like, hold on, let me just add some of this together. Wild, like wild, wild. Wild, wild. And then like, okay, so I have like three floating sixes plus all this 11, 7, 2, 2, 2. Hold on, let me actually pull out my calculator. Like, mm-hmm. we'll see slightly less of that as the games will go on. Actually, I think we'll see a like a linear like de- decrease because you know the next one will be a little bit more straightforward. Sag edition's great, and then like you know the uh, fantasy flight <laughs> has like no dice. That's like no numbers <laughs> on those dice. So you know that's that'll be uh, kind of exciting to see. Um, so you know if you're here for like you know, any other like last minute questions you guys want to say about the rules, the mechanics, anything like that. Um, I will say, because I'm currently also in a D&D 5th edition campaign that just started recently, mm-hmm. and one thing that I hadn't really thought about until, like, basically our last session is that whenever we go to, like, make an action, there's no, like, maybe it might be different for the Force users, but I felt like there wasn't as much of, like, a list of actions that I can take, whereas mm-hmm. in D&D it's, like, Melee attacks, range attacks. If I'm doing a melee right. attack, is it armed? Am I striking? Is it bludgeoning damage? Like, there were. I was feeling that problem too. Yeah, so it does open you up story wise, and that's a positive, but then it's almost like a double edged sword because while it is nice to be able to tell the story in a more open way, it's also like, like someone handed you a cart and said go shop in this grocery store and make me anything and you walked into the grocery store and every ingredient that you can think of is there and you don't know mm. what to choose mm. yeah you know? like it, it it's nice that i do like systems where like the skills are also the attacks but i see what you mean it's like you know like well you know well do i want to make a blasters check should i like there's so much like you know things like can i just make an attack roll please i just want to kill a stormtrooper mm-hmm. yeah that's me that's what i want to do <laughs> i think i think one thing we kind of loosely talked about it but the wild dice i think that really was a huge hit for me personally because i think it added something to the combat where it was like a oh my gosh am i gonna roll a one am i gonna roll a six how many sixes am i gonna keep rolling and i think for such a simplified system adding that little bit of pizzazz that little punch was something that really helped the combat go a long way i Sometimes. love the wild dice yeah, sometimes I was honestly hoping to roll a one just to see what goofy thing was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and it like it was nice because it never made it like at least I can get from you guys like you know well I'm rolling like three dice on this check, but maybe if I get a good you know look get lucky on my wild dice, so you I still have a one in six chance of having that explode. So you always yeah. have like you always keep that sense of hope alive, and like one in six chance happens a lot, and th- that's that's a lot of fun. Fun fact. um the very first edition of this didn't have the wild dice that was added in like the second like update to it. So, you know, it'd be kind of weird if you ever went back I and, think and it, saw that. See, it adds a lot of fun. Like to think of a game without the wild dice seems like it would be a little more boring. It seems so much like life or like combat. I haven't been in combat, but just <laughs> as a firefighter paramedic, like you can be totally trained and already, and just something comes out yeah. of the blue that just. Mm-hmm just things and sometimes everything flows and you're like you've got luck on your side and then other times just something weird bizarre thing comes and just messes it up so i liked that that wild dice yeah. a lot Perfect. Yeah. So, so they don't all have the wild dice not all no the like with the next one with the you'll have a d20 and like you can't treat like the 10 the 20 and the one cap as wild dice so if you roll a 20 mm. that's usually like a big grand success there um, oh but, right you yeah. know and if you roll one like depend i don't do like critical failures too much but like usually i'll have something a little more wacky happen if you get a one like i'm not going to punish you for rolling a dice but you know <laughs> you know we, we'll see some more of that in our next uh, session here but uh, let, now that we've talked mechanics here, so if you're only cared about mechanics, dear listener, this is a good time to kind of you know, pause or to skip to the end here. But let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about the uh, the, the role playing part of this uh, game here, kind of the more uh, soft side here. So, um, you know, 
the story? Like, how did you guys feel about the conclusion here? Great. Yeah, good. I loved it. Very good. I was blown away. I. It was very much like the. It was just the classic story. It was the hero's journey. Yeah, like I, I, I towards like when I was planning out the end, I kind of had like a little bit, and then we'll have like a grand celebration, kind of like end of ep- the Star Wars episode one, like parades and light shows and all like that. But then, like <laughs> I don't know, like just like the, like you, you probably your characters definitely had that, like you know, in the next like you know couple of days, you definitely had that. But it felt right to kind of end on that kind of like sad, like dour mm-hmm. note of that of uh, of that ending there. It was very moving. And I was thinking about my character, Ace. So this is a spoiler. Can we do spoilers? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we're we're um, in spoiler territory now. Okay, so Ace's backstory was that he had been sent on a mission by his father and he had been kidnapped by little Georgie and held as a slave for many, many years. And so when he saw little Georgie, he just wanted revenge. And it was Ace shooting little Georgie for revenge that released the gas that started to kill Oren, that then killed Lumi, and then little Georgie died, but it was over so, his death happened so fast and they had to get out of there to get out of the gas. And it was just, there was no satisfaction for the vengeance. Like vengeance happened and it was so unsatisfying. So as underwhelming. Far as like, yeah, it, it felt like just what the Jedi would be teaching. and what the Jedi would be saying. Back to the dark side. (laughs) Yes. And it actually led to Lumi's death. So I just thought there was this sort of force lesson in it that caught me by surprise. And it was funny how it planned all that characters. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I did like, like, I think I had like some sort of like you didn't plan it, Caleb. The force did. I really, like, really, I, I think I just when he walked into the room, like, oh, I'll definitely, I think he's going to like booby trap his own body. So that's why if you like go back and listen to it, like I'll mention like you know when you were looking at at Georgie's like you know while you're sneaking up on him, you know he looks even more like bulbous and ugly than than before. He it's did. Like, you know, it's like aha, I'm, like, uh, you know, there was a know, warning. Because, yeah, it was, yes, yeah you know. and it, you <laughs> planted the seed for sure. Like, I, I just thought he's just disgusting. He's just I such mean, I said to arrest, <laughs> Lumi said to arrest him, just just putting that out there. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think he was gonna Lumi let that. There's no way I was letting you, well, okay. If you'd done like if you guys had all agreed and all dogpiled on yes you probably could have arrested him but like <laughs> oh, but i wanted that, that narrative like like explosion there as it were i was just trying to figure so, out where to sink my lightsaber into so if you and plan for the explosion the light, yeah if you plan for the explosion then did you did you think someone was going to die then uh i kind of yeah i was like the that's the glory of having like you know a shorter session here's i feel i do this is going to sound mean. I am attached to all your characters, but I'm also yeah. less attached to them, so I can kill them yeah. off without any problem, especially <laughs> when it's the end of a season. So, you know, the next, you know, series will take place, you know, years and years down the line. So, you know, I feel like it was a good, like, dramatic moment here. Mm-hmm. I, think- I was surprised how moving it was because I've never mm-hmm. played this game before. Like, th- and it I really will- felt emotional. As someone yeah. who's played a lot of these, I will, like, sounds like i'm tooting my own horn but that definitely felt like one of the most like emotional moments like emotional climaxes i might have ever had playing something in this medium and that's mainly all up to you guys thanks to your great character work and you know all the the effort you put in into these characters and making them feel correct i think the one thing that surprised me the most was that even though you know we we played eight sessions and yeah they were about an hour long that's eight hours I was very surprised with how attached I was not only to Lumi, but also to all the characters and how mm-hmm. I didn't want a single one. And there were moments where like, I mean, as an emotional person, I, I get emotional, but like I was surprised that this was drawing those emotions out of me at certain points in, in our story. Yeah. I agree. Lumi Especially with the shortness of it. Like mm-hmm. I've played, you know, campaigns that lasted two years and then, in the end a character dies and it's still the middle of battle and you're you're still going and like not to say that that's not emotional too but like maybe it was like something about the fact that it was the five of us playing 
together and it was so it's not like a huge group of us or anything but mm. i don't know i i really enjoyed it and i think that um kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier the ending of like ending on a sad note and especially i mean i don't i can't remember exactly how we ended but i don't think we even like made it back to the ship or anything like i think it was fully just like in us escaping the castle as everything in sort of field. blew up yeah, it's like mm-hmm. y'all are in the field and such. I I, I even imagine that y'all like picked up like one of like Lumi's favorite like uh, one of the fruits that we had back episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, you were in the pomegranate fields, then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Emmy, have you played much Star Wars RPG? No, um, I played a one shot with Caleb like probably oh, yeah, yeah. Like, was six this months a, ago, maybe six months, seven months ago. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very I mean, like Indiana me. Jones themed. That was mm. fun. And then this is my wonder, only like longer campaign. I wonder if it was more moving because Star Wars means so much to us. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it definitely helps that we have like a large like it. Obviously, it means a lot to us. We were all here on UTE, but also it helps because like there's like a visual like the you know, sort of thing so it's mm. it's great it's easy for us to visualize what we're looking at here like when i was yeah. describing like the crashing crashing ship i think you know i was specifically thinking of like the end of uh a phase one of the high republic mm-hmm. oh yeah i i think you're on to something Gia, with that because um i mean lots of people like fantasy uh you know that type of stuff but Vampires it's all kind of but like D and D and all the fantasy novels and stuff, they're kind of separate in a way. Even though they're similar, they're not. They're not all one big connected universe the way Star Wars is. So, I mean, Star Wars fans have been investing time into the same universe their whole lives. So, of course, like I don't know, you, any way that you can feel connected with that universe is going to make it, everything feel special, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And feel really familiar. Like you, right. it just feels more real and familiar. We've been watching the Jedi for decades and pilots mm-hmm. and rogues and gamblers. Mm-hmm. And we're, we feel like we really emotionally know these characters yeah. that are these archetypes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And a little senator from Naboo, even. And a little, a little, a little, a little yeah. guy. A little guy. He's just, just a little, little senator. Just a little senator there. <laughs> Definitely so, not going to do anything great later. <laughs> so, Biggest like, surprise. Yeah, that was <laughs> one of the best game. moments. So, that was the best. Great, great. So, like, to rewind just a bit to, like, the very start of this, like, I when I started this sort of uh, the writing out this campaign and why I figured here, I've talked to you guys a lot about this before, but I decided, you know what, this is the a lot of people's first session we're going to be kind of doing a fairly an older system let's just make it as simple as possible and like just do a, a giant princess rescue and like i did my best to try to make my day princess like, like a kind of a sympathetic person so how like but you guys not to brag on you guys but you guys instantly <laughs> tried to like you know like i did this same thing in a different <laughs> D thing and my wife still like gives me crap about it she's like you know i for the longest time i thought that princess was evil even though she turned out to be a good guy it's like she was a good guy the whole time just like yeah I think it's just the voice you used my wife said so like, <laughs> so like did, did you guys feel like hey we're uh did you ever feel like it's maybe a little too cliche if hey, we're rescuing a princess from like the bad guys or like how'd you guys feel uh, about that no i didn't i mean i uh, thought it was fun just was a fun traditional story. I mean, there's so much folklore and fantasy of rescuing the princess, but I she did drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, you definitely had some Han Solo coming out in you. Oh yeah. She was just so um she was a little passive. She wasn't Princess Leia, that was for sure. She was no Leia. Like I think that was the thing, is like, you know, I feel like, you know. There, it, it's such a trope now of like you know the the warrior princess who's also a badass like i do like that trope a lot but it's also like i just kind of want to play a princess who's like you know grew up to be a senator or like you know grew up mm. playing loot and wasn't like you know trained to be a soldier like i just want to see i want to you know go through that it's hard like essentially like just a normal you know, like a normal princess who like who's mildly spoiled like you know like is that <laughs> such a, is that such a strange thing she reminds thing? me of 
of Sansa from Game of Thrones when she was like 13 yes. years old, mm, but she wasn't yes. a princess. She was just a Stark, but that just like really naive 13 year old. That same sort of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great comparison because even like looking at Sansa, like looking at where she ends up going um, at the end of the show and where our princess even ends up being, um, it, even the princess, even like that side character, a very important side character got such an important arc. Well, well, speaking of arcs, you know, let, let's get into that here. Uh, how do you guys feel about your character arcs here? Because I feel like everyone did kind of have a character arc here. And, I, and that does, I, like, I was a little nervous because, like, we only had eight episodes and they're like an hour, mm -hmm. hour and 50 at, at, at max, you know. So we only have so much, you know, bandwidth here. But, like, I feel like everyone still had a really good conclusion here. Did everyone feel like your mm. character ended, maybe not where you expected, but where you were happy with? Yeah, oh, I yeah. kind of tried to stick to a certain. I kind I feel like I had somewhat of a plan in my head and on where my character would be going, and but I had rules, you know. So mm -hmm. obviously, Lumi was a longtime friend, and so I mean, I knew that that character held weight for Oren. So um, then. I mean, Oren probably would have been going down a dark path if it wasn't for the fact that his good friend was around to, you know, make it different. I think Oren had a great character arc, and I could mm -hmm. picture with Lumi's sacrifice how that would affect Oren for just the rest of his life. And when you said he was kind of putting the dark side away and was going on the path of light, and I could see him becoming this wise older Jedi. I could picture him in the future, like where he was going to go. Mm. Yeah. My character, Ace, definitely, I felt, matured a lot and connected. I think he really connected with Drax at the end. And mm -hmm. um, he just was maturing. Less selfish, less about himself and more about other people. I feel like, honestly, the same ending sort of for Drax, because I think she didn't have, like, a a hut to kill or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I think like a, a lot of Like a big skeleton in the closet. Yeah. She was more so, like, along for the ride for all of this, but if there was anything that she did need in her life pre-meeting all of you, it was, like, friends to have around. Like, I mm -hmm. think the loneliness of of outer space was getting to her more than anything else. And um, so it was very nice to see like the ending of that arc was very satisfying, except for the fact that the, one of the friends that she made along the way did die right in front of her in a very tragic and awful way, <laughs> but still. So, so JG, like, you win some like, movies, I, though. You, you, we kind of had an idea that your character had like a expiration date. How should I put that? Yes. Like, how were you with that uh, character arc there? I was very satisfied because going into this, I wanted to play a Jedi. I wanted to do that, but I wanted to put a spin on it because, you know, we see a lot of Jedi that are very strong, very powerful. And I really wanted to do something kind of different and show maybe a different side of the Jedi, a Jedi who was sick with an illness, um, who was on a ticking time <laughs> clock. And I wanted to play it where, you know, he was fighting to hold on until he knew that it was, like, the right time. Um, and I wasn't sure if that right time was going to come in this story or not. Um, but I gave, you know, I, I allowed the options to be there for the character. And then it happened. So it was very satisfying. Uh, the ending was not how I expected it to go, which is, you know, the beauty of playing in RPG is that it, it's, you know, you're playing with other people. You're playing with the power of the dice. You're playing with a storyteller. Um, you don't get to determine fully what happens to your character but um knowing loosely where i wanted it to go it's it's pretty much how i wanted it and it was quite a journey to get there perfect so let, let's get, cast our eyes a little bit forward here like we haven't like said anything stone about the next session or the next uh, season anything but you know, you know austin we talked a little bit about uh at that at the end but where, where, where do you think your character goes from here like you know what do you think they'd spend the next 10 15 years doing um, Mr. Miyagi. Mm. Do you, like, 
you know, like, you know, can't maybe someone with a troubled past, but like has that that heart for the troubled youth. Yeah, I think I think Orin just goes on to be a wise, um, wise old, maybe kind of a hermit, but not necessarily like maybe even before Order Six, like you know, not doing it just because he's being hunted down, but just because he's not in it for the combat or the war or the violence anymore. Yeah. He's just he's just happy to live a good life in a positive way and make a positive impact on people around him. And yeah, maybe he helps out some troubled youths here and there. Wars not make one great anymore. What's wait? What's that? <laughs> what, what? What's that? That Yoda quote? You know, war does right. not make one great. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. A- a- Ace and Drax, Drax seem to like go off on like a further adventure there. So, do you think they they kept up that that partnership going on for a little bit, or or what do you two think? Yeah, I think I felt definitely. Yeah, that's what I felt that for um at least for a while that they yeah. stayed stayed partners and just traveling the universe and ace gambling and Drax piloting him around and that they probably ran into some adventures. Just don't bet that ship. It's not yours. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, exactly. I'll, I'll have to get with you, Drax, because like, you know, Emmy, but like also with Drax, like, you know, because we'll, we'll see what, what comes back in the next season, what if anything still shows up. So, you know, because it, yeah. it, it's always it would always be it's always fun to see a familiar ship. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, actually. The... It'll How be 20 years, years later. 20 years so later. Okay. It'll be in like okay. the, the, the height of the Clone Wars right now will be where the next session will take place. I actually had so obviously Lumi is is dead dead, but I actually oh, did yeah, had yeah, a, yeah. but I did have actually just like a loose thought because I was thinking I was like well he 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 has he can't do the things that like as if we were being canonical like there's obviously mm-hmm. some limitations, but I, I definitely do think that in in through the force like you know when when Ace is is really in a tight situation rolling the dice and gambling when you know needs that lucky six or that lucky Sabak card you know. There's just that extra little something there through the force, and and it's Lumi, and like Ace doesn't, Ace just knows that it's Lumi, and then once Drax is like in just that tight spot where it's about to hit, like you know asteroids are coming out, like the ship rocks, and it's just Ace, and then Aaron with you know the, the Lumi is all Lumi's presence of spirit is always there. It kind of reminds me of very similar to um, Kanan and Hera, where Kanan oh, yeah. like places mm-hmm. uh, his hand on Hera's shoulder. Very similar situation. Mm-hmm. I love that for his friends and just always like just watching over his friends until their final days. I'm I'm rewatching Rebels oh. right now and it's like it's so good. I didn't when <laughs> I when I watched it. I mean, I liked it when I saw it the first time, but I didn't realize like how good it is. Really, mm-hmm. I on it. I mean, I'm starting to see why some people. I think like it better than the Clone Wars, even because it's like it's a good show. This, this is water, by the way. Probably looks. Like oh, a good. Bottle of <laughs> <It's water. laughs> I agree, Oren. The uh, Rebels is so good. It's so yeah, good, like, uh, even but, from season one. Even is yeah, amazing. But, uh, this might just be showing what sort of Star Wars fan I am, but I was literally me and my wife were watching like watched the first two episodes of season two of Rebels right before I hopped on here. So. Like, yeah. it's like it's like oh wow this is like really good like you know she had me pause at the end of uh season one like right before they revealed who fulcrum was and she's like okay is it like is it is it bell organa or is it like i forgot who she, the r one she picked was but it wasn't she she was blindsided she didn't realize it was ahsoka so she was like i feel like a fool it should it's obvious it was ahsoka why did i pick that up <laughs> yeah when well, writing... fulcrum fulcrum's an ugly name she doesn't like fulcrum the, the name oh, really? at all <laughs> I'm writing Ahsoka's biography for the the show coming up. I'm doing part two, so I'm doing I after can't wait Clone to Wars. Watch that. So oh, I've cool. been watching the Rebels over again, and especially paying attention to Ahsoka's story. And mm. that's it's a mystical show. Oh it's yeah, very mystical with the Loth Wolves and Kanan with Hera and the, the world between worlds and. The Bindu and <laughs> God, the so. end of season four is just yeah, totally. I'm... I 
just i mean i when it first came out it was like oh this isn't as violent necessarily and the animation is different so i I don't like it as much but uh no it's really really good the the writing is so good and the characters the voice acting yeah totally (laughs) so good so you know my one of my favorite things about i can't wait to get to it is get back to thrawn there so um, now speaking of thrawn little georgie like what? I know, I like I do like I do love <laughs> having you guys. Segue? That's a segue and a half. Like that's what the little torch needs. Like how, like I definitely made him as like vile and disgusting as possible. Like, did you guys feel like it was like maybe he was a little overdone, or like how was he as a villain for you guys? No. I think mean, if he had been any other creature than a hut, then maybe. <laughs> but he was a hut, so it was like it no, really... there's, he has no redeeming qualities. It made me think. Yeah, uh, he made me think a lot of that hut that Avar Chris teams up with in the comic. Oh, Maldula, the hut. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's what it made me think of. It it actually made it hard for me because like I despised him so much, but then playing the Jedi, playing the Jedi, he also wasn't like gonna kill. Uh, Mm -hmm. As like as much as I want to, like JG wants to kill this thing and like repulse this thing and throw it down the garbage compactor. (laughs) I couldn't, and so it was very challenging. But I think you, I think it played it off really well. It was a really good villain. Mm-hmm. Good, thank yeah. you. For those who are only listening to the podcast, they couldn't see Orin's reaction every time you say <laughs> the name Little Georgie because yes. it was so funny. Orin would always get this insane look on his face, like complete PTSD flashback. <laughs> so I thought he was a great, good villain. Perfect, perfect. And the All name, right, so, I loved the name. Yeah. One of these days you might pick up on, on this. But um, so just as a kind of like a big like meta question here again, but what like what would you like to see like plot wise moving forward? I'm definitely not plugging you because I haven't totally written out this next uh script <laughs> here, but just like what would is there anything in more particular you want to see more of? Like do you want to see more planets? Do you want to see like a uh, uh, the villain have a like a more early entrance like what would is there anything in there that you would I like wanted to see, to more see of? because i have an idea for my character domina dark star who was a, a jedi and then she <laughs> was knocking it out of the park you ace and then domina dark star oh we love wow. it she is she a, a dominatrix well, <laughs> she was a scholar of sith lore and the dark side of the force and so they she just wouldn't stop so All they right. expel her from the jedi order i would love a story with like like a sort of treasure hunt or like sith holocron or ancient temple or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yeah okay okay that's cool that. and okay, then actually... like having to interpret or more translate um esoteric symbols and dark side forces okay. that does sound pretty cool yeah like a indiana jones-esque almost like you know meet yeah. sex files <laughs> yeah, like indiana kind of jones like... meets the night sisters oh, that like... <laughs> and that right. like rebels too with ezra and the holocron and the old temples mm. and mm. i want <laughs> that, that character from the bad batch to meet up with dr afra like i want that to be an episode and go Who's on a from treasure the bad hunt. batch the, oh the, the pirate the, the girl woman? that lives on that island yeah the black pirate woman yeah yeah oh, yeah oh with uh what's her name i don't even remember she is so cool and then when she, she is. looks at um tech and says brown eyes Oh, I, I was so jealous. Oh, I haven't watched this. Season. We, I haven't watched season two oh, yet. I need to get on this, don't I? <laughs> don't say anything. Yeah, don't say anything. We will stop there. <laughs> yeah, we'll just yeah. stop right there, Caleb. You gotta watch okay. it though. Caleb. I'll, I'll get, I'll get around to it. At least you warned us. Yeah, she was one of my <laughs> a sentence more. Ran. She was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's really cool. I liked her a lot, and they go on treasure hunts in Bad Batch too. Perfect. Some I'm of their really treasure get on hunts. that show then. So she's you know, like an Indiana Jones type. So Gia wants more treasure hunting. Uh, uh, yeah, Emmy, any any uh, feedback? Anything you want to see more of? Like moving forward? 
Honestly, like I I didn't have an answer to that question at first, and then Gia said her answer, and now my answer is just Gia saying <laughs> <laughs> Like I think that would be awesome. Like like a villain that's that you can't put a lightsaber into is mm. cool. Ooh. That's always fun. Yeah. Oh, you're oh. gonna awaken an ancient evil. Yeah. Just another day. But Star then Wars. again, it is set in the Clone Wars, so there's like a lot there's of fun conflict already going on yeah there's a lot to pull from there maybe palpatine's trying to collect sith artifacts or holocrons and darth yeah, bane like, almost has like a yeah like a darth bane feel mm. which is also feels there's a bit more bogan and this the stuff beneath the jedi temple that the jedi don't seem to want to look at or pay attention to which what happens to all that stuff after the clone wars I guess Palpatine hmm. takes it over. Darth Sidious. Yeah, Palpatine, like, Sidious is always doing everything he can to kind of, like, quash, like, you know, near recent, like, sort of things to make it seem like his his empire's actually lasted for hundreds of years, not just, you know, mm -hmm. dozens. Mm -hmm. Well, about you, uh, you know, Austin, JG, anything you, you that you, like, liked and you would like to see peep us, like, explore more of, you know, moving forward? I'd like a little bit more, because I thought one thing that I really enjoy, um, and I know it's not always the most tasty sometimes but i like some good political intrigue i know we got a mm. little bit into that at the end there with mm. the whole uh princess going to the republic and everything and i think yeah. especially to being right around the clone wars totally. which i think is, is arguably one of the most interesting political times in star wars mm -hmm. there's a lot of potential there i think that we could really get into some good juicy uh politics yeah the politics of star wars is like one of the best parts <laughs> honestly yeah I know some people like despise <laughs> that. Some people despise it, but I love it. Uh, episode oh. one's a little bit questionable, but you Clone know, Wars, Clone Wars is good. Clone Wars. Did right. you all read the Princess Leia books, Bloodline? Those are pretty mm. political, yeah, aren't they? No, I haven't gotten there yet. Mm. Is I, I've watched. I read like the first half of it, and I was like, "This is really good." And then I, that's like the few ones I'll have to actually I go back and like finish them. off. Two two words: napkin bomber, and that's all I'll say. Yep, oh, that's no. all you need to say. Seriously, oh, yeah. such a good book. Okay. I would like to add to my answer really fast. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love to see or to explore um, like a hoth like planet. Ooh, and to like have ice. yeah I like, like maybe her. even if it's just like one episode where we're stuck in like an ice planet like it was um oh and you find some ancient in, uh, mysticism and the yeah there was the like a one part in in phase one of the high republic where martian row went back mm, to yeah, that yeah. planet that was like an yeah. ice planet that was really cool. and i like and it would be cool to have creatures i like creatures Ooh, creatures. Wolves okay. Or, well, it, or it, monsters or ice spiders or well, I that, think actually make this happen. That part Ooh. with Martian Row and on that ice spot or that is like a half the planet was half this, half ice. that. Yeah. That part replays in my head frequently. I always like in the, I envisioned it so well and I I often find myself thinking about it and the the avian like sidekick mm -hmm. like passing you know, out and all that and i don't know why but i th i think about it all the time and it's been months since i've read that yeah it was very claustrophobic oh. like you felt the you were you were you know however many feet underground and you felt the yeah. the fact that your tunnel was running running out yeah mm. i don't i and just something was behind you that was a really vivid part for me for some reason. Mm. I don't. Yeah. I will. I will also bring up one thing. I do love a good, just a very small, good little cameo, a good little surprise. Just a, yeah. A little, a little wink at the camera, like a good old. Uh, you got moment. that last time. I, I know. Yeah, but I'm, just, I'm just saying what I like. That. I like a, I like a good little, a little. Yeah, a little that something. one. A that one something. wasn't so little. <laughs> <laughs> just a senator. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's I like fine. animal guides, like the loath wolf or the moray, like mystical creatures. Gia would have a loath wolf if she could. God, yes. <laughs> I want to write an article about this animal spirit guides of Star Wars. 
Because mm. there's animal companions like Ember, but then there's spirit guides. I think Dave Filoni's got a whole shamanistic thing going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually yeah. really like that part of it, which I think is funny because, you know, I'm, I'm always like, I love sci-fi and stuff, but then I find myself liking Star Wars because of the fantasy parts of it, which is so funny. Mm. Like, it's the mystical parts. Yeah, it's cool. Well, And it draws from ancient traditions. I mean, there's animal spirit guides in ancient cultures all over the world, Africa, Mongolia, Native Americans here in this country. I mean, everywhere. These are ancient experiences. That's what Star Wars is so good about, like drawing from all these universal global yeah. traditions. Totally. Absolutely. So, you know, with that, I think I'll feel like we can have got a good wrap up on this uh, plot here. So uh, I think this will we uh, will uh, close it out here. But I do want to give you a teaser that next season, season two should be coming out soon. Uh, the tagline for that one will be uh, the warring ideals. So, uh, please keep your eyes peeled to our next, uh, to all, where you get all your podcasts, you know, at your uh, Utini feed on our Patreon for the next season that will be coming soon. Again, I'll encourage you to subscribe to your audio version wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can just follow us at uh, on our Discord. So, uh, until uh, next time, you know, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention here. I hope you learned as much as we did and had as great as time as we even a half as good a time as we did making this. So, you know, thank you so much for your time and we will see you next episode and may the force be with you. <laughs>